0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fireway Friars Podcast. My name is Baso and I'm joined here again by the lovely Omar. Omar, how are you doing? I am doing well. That's great to hear. It's been a little while since we last recorded. In the recent times, the Padres have been doing okay. Right now they're currently at 19 and 17. We're going to go over some recent events. We're going to look at the Padres and how they've been doing. As well as look at other teams in the MLB. And some other news. Across the league. The Padres got Tatis back a few weeks ago. And I think he's been pretty good all things considered. He's hitting 270, which is pretty decent. He's hit a few home runs. He hit two off of Kershaw. We'll get into that in a little bit. He hits four so far total. Right now, he even has a positive defensive war. Just a .4, but that's still positive defensive war. And a positive war overall. So in my opinion that's great to hear. What's been your thought about having Tatis in the lineup now and how he's done since obviously having to transition to the outfield.
1: <laughs> Honestly like as soon as he got back just like all the messages I get from people from my friends cuz you know they know I'm a Padres fan they're just like <laughs> uh so i heard the steroid users back is like the main consensus <laughs> from everybody uh-huh. and honestly i kind of i kind of just like you know um how do how do you say this? playing the heel and just being like yeah what about it <laughs> he's doing good <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> i think so far he's been doing pretty good. pretty good pretty good um transitioning to the outfield for him honest to god we should have just had him there from the start. <laughs> he's been doing well. I haven't seen any major problems with him in the outfield. You know, not that I know of. I, in fact, I've seen I've seen more so highlights than just being people being like, you know, oh, he's an error machine. You know, the way people reacted when he played shortstop. So I'm very happy with Tatis right now, which is saying a lot considering how I felt about him last year.
0: You know. Yeah, I. I definitely feel like if he was making a lot more airs, we'd hear about it. I haven't actually heard about him at all in the news, really, outside of like just our little sphere of Padre'sness. I haven't really heard anything about him. You know, occasionally you'll see him make a pretty good play in the outfield, actually. Occasionally you'll see him, you know, jump around after making a good uh, having a good hit after hitting a home run, of course. I haven't really seen him. Um, in the news, which, in my opinion, that's good news. Um, and I think there there's a little something I'm going to bring this up with later. I think it's a good thing that right now he's just kind of like laying low on the radar, and he's just playing baseball, in my opinion. There's nothing extracurricular about it, and he's not in the news for any of the wrong reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Padres won two games, winning the Mexico Series against the Giants. Of course, the first game there, I believe, had 11 home runs between the two teams. It was an extremely high altitude in Mexico City, in their beautiful stadium. And the Padres won the second game, I believe, was only 4-3. to three. So it, the second game was at least more of a traditional baseball game. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm of course of Mexican descent. We're both of Mexican descent. I even showed my mom a video on the stadium and all the little stuff they had, that was, you know, a combination of Padres, Giants, and Mexican culture, which I thought was cool. Um, and I, I really thought it was really interesting. I've never really paid attention to some of these MLB excursions, even though the Padres have played other international games before. Recently, even in the last few years, this is like the first one I've really paid attention to. I really thought it was fun, though, to see the Padres there. And I thought when they showed a ton of fans out there, there, there were a ton of Padre fans. It was, I believe, like 70, 30 Padres fans, the Giants fans. What, how do you feel about the series? So uh, you mentioned that um just now
1: regarding the home runs. A uh, question, mm-hmm. quick, quick geography question. Do you know how high Mexico City's altitude is? Elevation above sea level. I'm mean.
0: seven seven thousand something,
1: right? Yes, yes. Do you know how high Colorado's is, or rather Denver? Yes, yes, and I believe I can get the number right. Fifty two eighty. Fifty two seventy
0: six. Ah, okay, come on, that's right there. Uh, one of them is saying fifty two eighty. I'll give it to you. Okay, because you. okay, okay. So like the Denver Nuggets, the basketball team. Yep, they have this like implemented into their into their like logos on their on their basketball court. They have like a 5280 on the free throw line and it's like, you know, it's like oh, showing off cool. their elevation. Cool. And the whole thing is because like whenever teams go to Denver, Denver like traditionally has always had a really good offensive team and it's not as big of a difference in baseball or in basketball as it is to baseball, but, like, the idea is players who are used to the elevation can run a lot better in it than the players who are flying in from Miami on Sunday night and playing on Monday, and they're out of breath by the second half, you know? That's Reckon the whole thing.
1: You, if I'm wrong... Mm-hmm. uh, um, Sorry, I, I, I was thinking that Kobe Bryant had his 80-point game in Denver. Oh, no, right no, no. No, uh,
0: no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. Kobe Bryant I, did it we, against the Toronto Raptors. My Toronto Raptors. Uh, yeah. That I root for. He, he scored 80 points on Jalen Rose, the ESPN analyst. <laughs> yes. Uh well, uh
1: quick aside on basketball over now. Go Lakers, by the way. They're doing well. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. Um, Damn, yeah. Um Yeah, no, yeah, no. Just like seeing just how insane the offensive mm-hmm. um Environment in Mexico City. I'm just like no. Here's here's the funny thing. Uh, like you know, like I'm we're both from Mexico, so we uh, both obviously knew that Mexico yeah. City would be that kind of environment. You know. Uh, yeah. In what 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 you would call it in soccer? You know, uh, my favorite team in the Mexican league is Club America. They play yeah. in the capital. Estadio Azteca. Like, yeah, they Estadio Azteca. Yeah. And you know, like you always hear like you know, just like the out alt- about the altitude in Mexico and mm-hmm. that sort of thing so you know getting to see it in action with mlb quality teams oof, it was great uh one more thing um did you see the over under for runs uh that um betting companies had to make for this for these series
0: i did not did they go over what what was the original and did they end the up- original yeah.
1: i believe must have been 15 for the first game i believe it was 15 for that the over. total. 15 I think so, total yes. between
0: the two teams. Okay,
1: I might be the wrong. The Padres
0: did that on their own.
1: <laughs> the second game was yeah. twenty, I believe.
0: Oh God! So yeah. anybody, yeah. Okay, they I would really have taken the raise. under on that. Yeah, because <laughs> well, that was twenty-seven runs between the eleven to sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, but by yeah, I would have taken the under on that.
1: Um. <laughs> you probably you would be wise to take the over the first game and then yeah. probably the under the second game. Uh, but, but yeah, just like just seeing that, I'm not big on like betting stuff like that. Yeah. But just hearing about that, just like,
2: damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was again really fun series. Um, and the Padres had you know back to back weekend series. They played the Giants in Mexico City, and then of course very recently this last weekend, as of recording. And this last weekend, the Padres played the Dodgers at home in a weekend series. And that didn't go quite as well as that Giants series. On Friday, it looked it looked great. Everything was great. Tatis hit two homers off of Kershaw. The Padres ended up winning 5-2 to in that game. But then lost the following games 2-1 to on Saturday and lost on Sunday. And it was really a heartbreaking loss on Sunday because... They were up 2-1, they gave up a homer to Mookie Betts, and then they lost in extras. And, you know, they lost the series to the Dodgers, but of course, everybody right now is kind of clowning on the Padres, because after the Padres got those home runs off of Kershaw, the Padres were memeing him a bit, and people are saying it's kind of karma that the Dodgers won the last two games. And it's a whole thing on, you know, the baseball subreddit and on social media where the Padres are kind of eating crow for kind of rubbing it in. Oh, you don't rub it into a Hall of Famer. And people are all of a sudden being kind of upset about that. How do you feel about this whole, you know, drama here? Okay, so so two things. (laughs) Um,
1: One, this is this is just the Tatis hitting a grand slam on a three-oh count all over again. Who the fuck cares? Just, play ball, bro. Um, I'll, I'll, will say what Kershaw had to say because I want to ask Kershaw's opinion. He, he, to paraphrase, he basically said, if we don't want them doing that, we just play better. And that's that's like literally that's all you need to do if you don't want people celebrating on you. Win baseball games. Is it that hard? <laughs> um, on the inverse of that um why the hell do we keep doing this to ourselves (laughs) every every single time we get good we 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 start to feed into our ego and it comes back to bite us you know um what what was it the the whole parade meme Mm -hmm. which i still think is funny Um, the 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 rap videos people would make about the Padres, which are mm. terrible. To watch those. <laughs> the, the whole thing last year with those guys on the radio show against the Phillies. I never watched yeah. that clip.
0: <laughs> no, I, I watched the I rap. And I never watched that clip. Yeah. And, and
1: now this whole thing with Kershaw.
0: It's just why do we keep doing this ourselves? <laughs> it's it's really like a a big case of a uh, little brother syndrome where you have fans that are you know, our age or your age and younger that are just trying to, like, get into it and trying to trash talk because their team's good. But then you also have the older fans that I think in other cases would tell the younger fans to shut the fuck up. But the older fans are getting into it too because the Padres don't have a history of winning. I feel like the main reason is, like, the older fans have never seen a Padres team that's, like, been this, like, charismatic and, like, flashy before Mm. and so it maybe charismatic was not the right word but flashy would be the right word and because of that like people are trying to you know make it into all these different things before the Padres have actually won anything and that's the problem like it's really it's really hard because then you have to you have to back it up but it's a different thing between like the fans doing it and then to have like the actual players doing it and the actual team doing it. I would almost compare it more to, like, some of the stuff where they were doing, like, the swag chain first. And, like, some... And, you know, and, like, the team stuff that the team has actually done. Because fans are always going to kind of be... kind of be extremely positive or extremely negative. You're going to get crazy people to do that. In any case. But I think it's really, like, just this weird thing where, like, the Dodgers fans that you know of in your life have always kind of like shit on you for rooting for the Padres for so long. And then, like, you're trying to let out all of this at one time and you just end up looking like a jackass. (laughs) And, you know, we haven't been there before as a team, but the Padres haven't won anything yet, so it makes it hard. Again with the basketball, again with the playoffs, you're a Lakers fan, they just beat the Memphis Grizzlies, who talked a lot of talk. The whole season, and now they're um, in Cancun, as the meme would usually go, because they called out LeBron James. When you when you come to the King, you best not miss, and um, they they certainly missed. In any case, I don't want the Padres to end up like the Grizzlies. Just shut up, play baseball, win games, win series. You know. <laughs> yeah, honestly,
1: we we need a win first before we can talk our piece.
0: Once you have the actual championship parade, not the like NL pennant parade, <laughs> but the actual World Series parade, then you can talk shit. <laughs> oh, oh, if we win a
1: World Series, I'm going shirtless in the street, bro. Yeah. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah.
0: That that's definitely that has to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just think the Padres got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. I don't know.
2: So, on the topic of
0: Tatis and some of the recent stuff that's happened with the Padres, I'm going to present you with what I'm going to call the Soto problem. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think when you're looking at a team like the Padres or the Mets or the Yankees or any or the Dodgers. Any team that has an extremely high payroll, if they are not exceeding expectations, you're gonna look for a scapegoat, you're gonna look for a big story. And the Padres are all of a sudden in the media with all these star players. And for the last year and a half, we as Padre fans have had to endure all of the talk about Tatis. From him being, you know, too young and naive, being stupid. To, you know, him being, oh, he was only good because we' on steroids. Everything. Him being injury prone. We heard all of this shit, right? And I have not heard as much shit about him since he's actually been playing this year. But I feel like, just in my sphere again, from my point of view, as soon as Tati's gotten back in the lineup, everything went to Soto. Like, all of the headlines went to Soto. And it's like, oh, well, Soto doesn't like playing with the pitch clock. Soto's not playing well. He's not, a, he's not playing as well as he was before on the Nationals. Soto's not doing this. Should the Padres extend Soto? Soto's not going to make as much money as he would have gotten if he had taken the deal with the Nationals a year and a half ago. And I feel like now the media has to find somebody to blame for the Padres only being 19 and 17 and with Tatis doing okay, they're now looking at Soto. And there was a Reddit thread from just three hours ago earlier talking about how Soto has been improving. He's hit 321 as a four forty-nine on base percentage over the last 15 games. He's been hitting three ninety-three over the last seven games. He's also leading in OPS, which is on base percentage plus slugging, for the whole season, for the whole team. Second is Xander Bogarts, who has come just a little bit back down to reality over the last few weeks with his stats. Anyway, how do you feel about what I would call the Juan Soto problem?
2: I mean, I get it.
1: You know. We gave up so much for this man that we kind of expected him to perform like granted last year it was just like oh he's adjusting to the team we understand if he's not at a great level which is saying a lot because he was still not that bad (laughs) like if you look at if you look at the stats if that's a down season for him jesus christ that being said though i understand that like you know we're kind of waiting for him to pick up the pace. And he is right now. He is. And I'm honestly looking at it, his stats right now, and I'm comparing them to, like, um, some other people who've been struggling also this season. Uh, Manny Machado is one to talk about. Pretty much mm-hmm. the exact same. And Machado is proven in San Diego. Like, we know, we know what we paid for. So yeah. then it's a matter of, like you know we're not extending Soto that same gratitude because he's not proven in san diego which is fair it is but Mm -hmm. let's say he does what he did in 2021 which was Mm -hmm. he went on a major tear got third third second in mvp voting top three of mvp voting Mm -hmm. and then we're like okay do we say then he got we're starting to get our money's worth you know But at what point do we say that? Do we wait till the second half when he's on a tear? Or do we start now where I just like, just like, you know, are we going to be like, oh, he will go on a tear? Are we just going to be like, oh, we got ripped off?
2: Yeah, I I think it does
0: take some, what's it called? Uh, Tenure for that to happen. And Soto might never get that chance if you know the Padres don't end up signing him that long deal. He doesn't end up staying a Padre. Manny, I think the first year or so, people were kind of down on him as well. There were people, there were a lot of doubters that were saying he was just coming to San Diego to get paid. At the time, um, if you remember correctly, there was a Dodgers-Padres game where a Dodgers fan was taunting him with that sort of thing and he says bro i i promise you the Padres will win uh the World Series before the Dodgers do i'll give you my whole con my whole contract or something and of course uh that didn't quite happen and i i think Manny still has the money that wasn't a binding contract thankfully (laughs) but but you know people were kind of making fun of him for going to the Padres and the Padres were kind of bad when he first got here and he wasn't doing amazingly, but now we're in year five of that contract. And not only do we see him more of a leader, but we see that, you know, obviously the bat's not going to be there for any player a hundred percent of the time, but his defensive effort is there a hundred percent of the time. And fans are going to be confident in him bringing the bat when the Padres need it. He has had a pretty eh beginning to the season. But he has a 1,079 OPS over the last two weeks. He has four home runs in that time, 10 RBIs. So he's bouncing back. But of course, like you mentioned, nobody's really on him to bounce back at this time. But everybody's on Soto. And that is because he's kind of like the
2: new guy. So I certainly agree with that. Yeah.
1: I I mean, we could we could be sitting here two weeks from now talking about how Soto is like the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know. So we just have to we just I mean, baseball, you know, it's 162 games. We just have to wait and see.
0: It really makes that one season the Padres had recently. There was only 60 games and Hosmer had good stats. It really makes it (laughs) it really makes it feel uh, pretty dumb in comparison. Like why did the po- why why did some of our fans uh, believe in Hosmer because that one sixty season sixty game sample size? <laughs> oh my god! Quick quick aside, and feel feel free to cut this out
1: if it, if it's
0: irrelevant. Uh,
1: mm. One of my friends was telling me, "Oh hey, Hosmer is doing pretty well on um the Cubs. You know, he's getting good stats." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's April. Of course he is." <laughs> and, and, every, and now we're season around. Know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is he doing right now? I haven't, I haven't seen him recently. I, I mean, either. Who who does? Who watches the Cubs? Well, I know one guy that watches the Cubs. I know um, one, one guy that watches. <laughs> yep, might be the same guy.
1: Negative 0.24. Hmm.
0: Oof, that's bad. <laughs> His stats already look like what they looked like last season. And we're 30 games oh, in here, so that's. That's not great.
1: Yeah, I've been hearing from just like Mm -hmm. general Cubs, like my friend who's a Cubs player, that they're just waiting for their uh, prospect, uh, their first base prospect, who I think recently got promoted. They're just waiting for him to fill his shoes.
0: We're recording on May 9th, 2023. It is a Tuesday. This will be, of course, released on Spotify probably just a few days from now. The Padres beat the Twins in the first game of their series. They have another weekend series coming up against the Dodgers this time of course in LA the Padres are sitting at a winning record but third in the NL West at 19 and 17 of course behind those Dodgers two and a half games how do you feel about the Padres in general right now Omar they are doing better
1: than before like what what last podcast they were kind of pedestrian now they're starting to go on the up and up that's what I wanted by the time we record our next podcast, I'm very much hoping there's they're now starting to like realize their potential. Uh, I, think, I think I don't know if you mentioned this already. They're third in the NOS behind yeah. the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Nothing by respect to the Diamondbacks, um, <laughs> but but so I I feel like by the by this time when we start recording our next podcast, hopefully we're very much now in competing with the Dodgers for the NOS crown which is where we should be. So right now, I'm satisfied. But I'm also looking forward and thinking we should do better.
0: It's certainly not a time to panic. And I think it's very interesting, if you think about it, with the way that the Padres are playing, but the team that they're playing today was the Twins, who are in first place with the same exact record as the Padres. In the NL West, there's three teams with a winning record. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres. In the AL Central, their division is uh, hot garbage, I would say. The Twins have the best record with the Guardians, Tigers, White Sox, and Royals all behind them with a losing record. The AL East has a distinction of having all five teams with winning records right now, which is bonkers, really. And even the AL West has four teams with 500 or better records, with both the Mariners and Astros at exactly 500, and the A's, you know, 14 games out of first place already. Um, But it's such an early sample size, but I just think that the Padres are still doing pretty well. But tonight we're going to play a little game of Pretender or Contender. I guess it should be Contender or Pretender, you know? In any case, we're going to look at four different teams two from the AL and two from the NL and we're going to go ahead and ask that question of which one of those four teams do you think possibly could be for real and which ones are pretenders. We're going to be looking at four teams two from the AL, two from the NL and I'll start with the Baltimore Orioles, otherwise known as my dad's favorite team. They're led by Adelie Rushman as the catcher. They have Some young guys as well with Gunnar Henderson, the young shortstop. He's doing eh. He's not been so well so far. They have Grayson Rodriguez, a rookie pitcher. But they have more um, better contributions from Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, and Jorge Mateo in the field. Felix Bautista is their closer. And they have been surprisingly well this season so far. The Orioles are in second place in the AL East, only to the amazing Rays of Tampa Bay. And that is quite quite an achievement when you look at the fact that, again, I mentioned all five of the teams have winning records. And the fourth and fifth place teams are the Red Sox and the Yankees. A lot of people, I think, looked at the Orioles and said that they didn't make any moves over the entire offseason, really. They have no star players they have one of the lowest payrolls in the entire MLB. And, you know, they assume that the Orioles, even though they had a pretty decent season, I believe they won 83 games, they looked at them as they were going to regress and fall back to the bottom of the AL East. But so far, it's been very good. And I hope that they are a contender. I hope that they are not a pretender. But it's really tough because of the division they're in. What do you think, Omar? I'm rooting for them so hard.
1: <laughs> I want <saw laughs> them to do so well. Uh, especially, um, what's his face, Adley Richmond?
2: Adley Rutschman. Uh,
1: I think yeah. I was looking at um M- MVP odds earlier today for something. Not, Mm-mm. not really, not for the podcast, just for something else. Uh, mm-hmm. and Richmond was like top six. He's doing good, and I'm hoping a lot for him. Uh, like a lot, a lot goes well for him this season. So yeah, so I'm, I'm pulling for them.
0: I, I really hope that they obviously stay where they're at. It's going to be tough because of the division. Let's go to the other team in the AL, the Texas Rangers, Omar.
1: Yes, yes. All right. Now, <laughs>
0: as someone
1: who likes a bag on the Rangers, pretty much any chance I get, as we all do, um, mm-hmm. they've been doing very solid. They are currently top of the AL West right now, ahead of the Angels, Mariners, Astros, A's, and that order. Yeah, they've been they've been doing pretty solid. Uh, I think mainly their pitching has been doing them a lot of favors. But it's also just a matter of fact that their team is very well put together. Not They have their star names, uh, Marcus Semyon, Corey Seager, and uh, most recently, obviously, they got um, Jacob Agram in the free agent mm-hmm. market. But they also mm-hmm. have just very solid players. Like, uh, I'm looking right here, uh, Jonah Haim, uh, Adoles Garcias, Um, Both did uh, very well recently in a game against the Angels that I went to go see. Uh, I I know uh, very much uh, flashing my cash out here for a $12 game that I attended. (laughs) (laughs) But regardless, they just have some very good players. Uh, In particular, the pitching, I want to highlight Nathan Evaldi. He was pitching at the game I went. He went eight scoreless. Um. Here's the thing though, I thought he was with the Red Sox. So when I saw he was with the Rangers, I'm like, "Why the fuck did the Red Sox let him leave?" <laughs> He's great. <laughs> um but, but yeah, but yeah, just a little, all all around as a team, the Rangers are very well put together. Um I think I think they, they it's funny cuz last year they they put together most of the core uh, hmm. and you know, they're kind of, they were bad. But this year is it's now this year is like, you know, oh, now we're seeing the the fruit of of the the Rangers labor, you
0: know. It sounds like it was like a full um one year delay because last year everybody was making fun of the Rangers and they they just seemed really bad and I think everybody including myself kind of wrote them off. And obviously it's been it's been a big turnaround for them. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up because you do have the Mariners and Astros who both made the playoffs last year and they're both looming at 3.5 back, and the whole division is pretty good outside of the A's. So it makes it it tough to say, but so far the early results, of course, are good. From the National League, we have two teams as well. The team I would like to bring up is a feel-good story as well from another team that, like the Orioles, has a very low payroll and hasn't really spent a bunch of money on their team. They are the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they're really feel good story because Andrew McCutcheon, of course, the longtime pirate that spent a few years on different teams recently. He's back on the team. They recently had that story of the thirteen year minor league player Drew Maggie or Maggi, that got his first MLB hit in the majors. And you know, that was a whole big story for him and a great story, a great baseball story. Because there's tons of guys who play for a very long time in the minors without ever getting that call up, or without being able to get a hit when they do get that brief call up. So I think all of you know the baseball world was pulling for him there. And they have some pretty interesting pieces with uh, Key, Brian Hayes, and Brian Reynolds has been really good this year as well. I think they have a very interesting team. I think they do have, you know. Some good competition in the Brewers in the NL Central, but I actually think, besides the Brewers, they actually have a pretty good shot here. What do you think about the Pirates?
1: Uh, hold on, I gotta check the NL Central again. Oh, I forget <laughs> this division exists sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the AL Central I forget m- more often. Yeah. Uh when I first saw the Pirates were like leading their division I had to mm-hmm. laugh just cuz y- y- you know we we all get a um enjoyment out of making fun of the Cubs or the Cardinals or more recently the Brewers No right, fine <laughs>
0: now you're looking you're looking at the like the MLB standings and it shows you the last 10 right uh yeah I'm looking at that oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> pirates have been two and eight I know there was a 6 game losing streak in there Two and eight in their last ten. And that's terrible. That is god awful. Yes, but, but then every you look at some team, of the other teams
1: yeah, three... team be three and seven. God, that division's horrible. <laughs> honest honest <laughs> to God, if the Pirates can fraud their way to a to an NL title, NL Central title, I'd be so happy. I don't the think Red,
2: they
1: will. The I, Reds have the best record in the last ten games. <laughs> five and five. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: the cardinals they've won their last two against the cubs so they might okay. be finally putting it together it's or only they're the playing their own division
0: again. yeah true <laughs> i'm sorry to talk. about that
1: jesus carciano yeah, central bad anyways um <laughs> i would if the pariots can fraud their way through to a title i'd be happy
0: <laughs> i i think of the four teams recovering with this segment they have the easiest path that doesn't mean they have the best team of the four but they have the easiest path. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Okay. But we have one more team in the NL to cover. Yes, yes. Uh, If they're a... Better
1: teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, we mentioned them early in the podcast. The mm-hmm. Arizona Diamondbacks. Nothing but respect. Um. We talked about them in the in the last podcast as well. They've just been yeah. consistent. Consistently good. They have a young squad. Very unproven squad. But right now they're doing solid, you know, um, who, who just looking at the, they have like a, a lot of people who are just very much either babyface, like, you know, characters out here, or just like people who are largely unproven. Um, your are uh, Loris Gurriel's juniors, your Christian walkers, your, um, Corbin Carroll. I think his name is like that. Mm. Those sort of guys are just unsung heroes. And then yeah. you, you look at your, their pitching staff and, you know, you have Zach Gallen, obviously their ACE, Who's very good? Um, what's his face? Merrill Kelly, not bad. Mm-hmm. And you know, you had Madison Gardner, but he got DFA'd, which goes to show you how much how, um, on the up and up the Diamondbacks are when they get to DFA <laughs> Madison Gardner.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, They're finally but, getting rid of the garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's been they've been building for a while. Okay. You know, obviously, um, after they had their whole like, um. Uh, how do I say this uh, rise in 2018 and you know they were making the playoffs and they were doing good and then they completely cratered had to rebuild again and now they're on the up up on the up and up and honestly you know <laughs> but obviously as a Padres fan I hope like everyone in the division just decides to suddenly be bad at baseball for a few weeks so we can take advantage of them but at the same time you know if we can't beat the Dodgers it'd be very funny if the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers
0: But I also don't want to lose to the Diamondbacks. (laughs) Yeah, this is the the contender-pretender that affects the Padres the most, of course, because if the Diamondbacks end up actual contenders, then something very bad has happened to the Padres' season where they will have to be a wild card if they can get a wild card. So I I don't think we actually want this to happen where we kind of do with the O's and Pirates, at least. Uh, Maybe not the Rangers either. Um, But, you know, the Diamondbacks, I don't really want them to do well unless it's against the Dodgers and Giants. And we'll forget the Rockies exist here for a moment. Um, But they've been very successful, and it's going to be... The question is, can they outlast the Padres in the long term? Can they keep up with the Dodgers and Padres over the course of the whole season? I think they have a lot of good pieces. Um, Not to sound like a broken record, I do think the Padres and Dodgers both have better rosters, however. So we'll see. In any case, Omar, now the question has come. If you had to choose one of these four between the Orioles, the Rangers, the Pirates, or the D-backs to be an actual contender, if you had to put money on it, not just your heart, who would you choose to be an actual contender?
1: Oh, you have to say money dang! I'm, I'm actually losing money here. Honestly, okay. <laughs> uh, Orioles, mm-hmm. it's got to be the Orioles. They've been the ones building for the longest time on mm-hmm. this on, on just like getting a good team again. And they're the most likely, I feel, to get the job done.
0: Well, damn. See, I offered the question that means that you get to choose first and you chose the team that I was going to vote for, I'm going to go with the Pirates then. Ooh. (laughs) And my reasoning for the Pirates is that while I don't think that they're as good as the Orioles, or maybe any of the other three teams, I have more faith in how bad their division is than I have in the other situations. The Orioles, I think, even with less games against the AL East than they had the year before, as there's less division games now, so they get more chances to beat up on, say, the AL Central, or even the NL Central. I think the having the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Rays, I'm not too worried about the Red Sox, I think that'll eventually slow them down too much to make the playoffs. I want them to make the playoffs. My dream is the Padres-Orioles World Series one day. But if I had to pick, I had to put money on it, the Pirates are in the best situation of any of these teams. In fact, even if you say, put the Brewers up one game over the Pirates, the Pirates still have a good enough record right now, today, to be a wildcard team too. So their record is actually decent compared to the rest of the NL East and the NL West and the rest of the National League. So eh the National League is full of a lot of underachieving teams. We we didn't talk about the Marlins being eighteen and nineteen. They're a pretty decent story as well. The Phillies and Mets are kinda not doing well. Um I'm gonna pick the Pirates. <laughs> Long story short. Real now there are two teams that I wanted to cover they are doing really badly, and two teams that are doing kind of badly. We'll go through these a bit quicker. The Yankees and Astros are both doing less than people expected them to do. Of course, the Astros are the defending MLB AL champions and the World Series champions. And they've started out the gate pretty averagely. They're 18-18, and 4-6 18, and six in their last 10. The Yankees, of course... We love that they're in last place in the AL East. Which if you're a fan of these teams, which one would you be more worried of?
1: Hmm. I'd be more worried for the Yankees. OK, because I feel like the Astros, I mean, let's be real here. They've made the World Series like the past, what, three times, right? Straight. At I least two out of three. I think yeah. they're fine. <laughs> you are right i'd be more worried about the yankees yeah cuz um last year was definitely that was, last year was definitely a good year for them this <laughs> year i don't know if they can repeat that you know yeah and also remember last year you know like they made it all the way yes they made it all the way to the uh the AL championship series
2: mm-hmm.
1: only to then get crushed by the astros who went out to win the world series so yankee just fans a matter- don't take
0: that yankee fans will take that as a win they they are world series are no they don't
1: exactly yeah, yeah. So you're just like, if y'all can't reach that again, then it's even
0: more of a failure. And right now, (laughs) it's not looking like you're going to even reach that. That's true. I agree with you there. Now, I have one question over the extreme underachievers. We have the Cardinals and the White Sox, one team from each league. The Cardinals, of course, have... Both from the Central. (laughs) Both from the Central in their respective leagues. The Cardinals are in last place below the Reds, At 13 and 24, they are three of their last 10. The White Sox are 13 and 24, six of their last 10. So things are maybe trending upward. And they're only in fourth place out of five teams because the Royals are behind them somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. The Royals, by the way, I'm just looking at this, they have a 4 and 17 record at home. That is pretty bad. I I didn't, if you look at it, their defense, their defense, they're away. Record of 6-10 and ten is actually decent. Very decent by comparison. The White Sox and the Cardinals, I think both teams have a decent roster when you look at them on paper, just on paper. And, of course, the Cardinals have had some recent decent success. and The White Sox have been underachieving the last two years now after having some decent success. Who do you think of these two teams can potentially climb out? The higher one, or do you think they're just both dead? <laughs>
1: Most likely, the Cardinals will be able to salvage something out of the season, given where they're at right now, and given—I mean, honestly, given how god awful the division is, they might just be find a way to beat everybody. <laughs> but okay, enough trash on the NL Central. That's a overdone joke right now. Um, yeah, the Cardinals have have the the quality of team to be able to get out of the rut. Mm-hmm. The White Sox now don't they used they used to honestly like like not even like a year ago or two years ago they were they had a very solidly built team and we were expecting a lot of them now not so much a lot you know a lot of what made the white Sox very good like two years ago is now starting to bite them back you know whereas the cardinals you know honest to god the only bad thing about the cardinals right now is just that their pitching is vibes and violence (laughs) Um, whereas the White Sox just overall just kind of bad. So all the Cardinals need is just to figure out their pitching problem. They're on the up and up. The White Sox, I don't see that happening.
0: The White Sox, everything outside of Tim Anderson is just god-awful, in my opinion. Um, And it's, it's really hard. The fans of both teams are upset, but I think Cardinals fans are... Give them a little bit more leniency just because of how competitive their team has been, and you know their track record to be able to put on a winning team. I do agree that the um, the Cardinals are in a much better spot to try to come back. I think. I mean, both both centrals are very bad, but I think the Cardinals can probably gain ground on their division opponents, whereas the Guardians and Twins are supposedly at least competent and will make it a little bit tougher for the White Sox. I'm not sure if the White Sox have as much talent actually either. So I, I agree with you there. So about that angels game I went to the other day, mm-hmm.
1: um, I've been to three MLB games now. Um, okay. The first one was at Dodger Stadium. Second one was at Petco. Mm-hmm. And this one was at Angel Stadium, obviously. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the stadiums, I give Angel Stadium over better than Dodger Stadium, which is not That's saying true. a lot, but let's be real. <laughs> On, uh, uh, honestly, God, Dodger Stadium is not that bad. I will say, but Angel Stadium definitely a lot better. The parking was a lot better. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, but I think in my opinion.
0: Do you think the the Angels? Like, yeah, 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 Do you think the Angels need a new stadium, or should they renovate their current stadium? I'd say renovate their current
1: stadium. Honest to god. Mm-hmm. Even then, it's honestly not that bad. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to go. Uh where I sat, I sat um right side, right field, next to the foul pole, basically. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um I saw got to see Mike Trout and Choyotani. We're both playing. Uh Mike Trout went one for four with the single. Shoyotanix the man I r- honestly really wanted to see the most out of anybody went 0 for 4. Uh, but on- honestly, God, you wouldn't even not- uh, notice that, like, you know, he did bad. Because, like, literally everybody in the stadium had his jersey. Like, it was crazy. Mm. Like, I saw... If if there was, like, one Mike Trout jersey, there was three Otani jerseys. And then there was, like, negative uh, <laughs> two rest of the Angels
2: jerseys. <laughs>
0: I did you see anyone with a uh, Rangers jerseys? No, I saw look, I saw someone with the Cubs
1: jersey. Not like not just a Cubs jersey, a City Connect Cubs jersey. Which Okay. I'm surprised they, they won bothered to buy it and two wore it because it was also on Contreras uh Wilson Wilson Williams. Wilson William? Contreras yeah. jersey, which you know, uh, he's now uh, playing outfielder for the Cardinals, even though he's a catcher. That's a whole thing. <laughs> um, I saw I saw a few few Padres hats there as well. There was one guy with an Orioles
0: jersey. Talk to him. He seemed nice. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it seems like twelve dollars tickets. It's just like okay, I'm a baseball fan. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to this game. I mean, uh, you know,
1: twelve dollars yeah. to go to go see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, That's a that's not bad, especially on a weekend. It was a Saturday game.
0: Jeez, man. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. It reminds me of when the Padres used to do. Um, they used to do five dollars for the park, in Ooh. the park, and they used to do like five dollars for the really cheap kind of bleacher seats and stuff. And then, you know, initially you go to your seat, but then you kind of realize that the stadium's only half full, so you can <laughs> come down to one of the nicer areas and nobody messes with you unless you're like right behind home plate, because yeah. they want the stadium to look more filled in anyway. Yeah. Those were Wait, good times because the team was really bad. To be a neutral fan in that stadium,
1: <laughs> I'm not sure if I told you, but the Angels, um, mm-hmm. they they uh, blew up in the ninth. They gave up like seven yeah. runs, and uh, they had to get a position player to pitch the final out. When when the when we saw the the position player, you know, come out of the dugout mm-hmm. to warm up, you know, me and my friends were were laughing our asses off. <laughs>
0: Hey man, that's a pretty rare occurrence. They're they're no, trying no, to limit uh, that too, yeah. Yeah. Was, especially was... with the especially with the three player rule, they kinda want to limit that now. I think. But Yeah,
1: no. It's a, it was it was really cool <laughs> to see opposition a, a player pitching, you know. Like I never thought yeah. I'd get to see that,
0: you know. Yeah, that's a cool thing to see in person. I've certainly never seen that. You got to see at least two Hall of Famers. I don't know if there's any other Hall of Famers on the Rangers roster or anything that might one day be Hall of Famers, but for sure, two surefire uh, Hall of Famers. In Jonah in Heim could pan out, personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of those Hall of Famers, one of those Hall of Famers is set to be a free agent next season. And I've already seen multiple news reports of the Dodgers uh, perhaps being the favorites to get him. I've also seen news reports that the Padres are very interested in chasing after Otani. Of course, the question is do the Padres go after Soto? Do they go after Otani? What's going to happen? With AJ Preller and uh, Peter Seidler's wallets, nobody knows. But there's another interesting caveat that I saw to it. I show you this Twitter thread from earlier today that the Padres and Dodgers were earlier reported to be in the mix for a game in a series in South Korea, just like how the Padres played a series in Mexico. But the MLB isn't official on that yet, and some people are even suggesting that the game could end up happening, the series could end up happening in Japan. And with one of those teams perhaps getting Otani, it could be a big deal to that team to have Otani at the time. What do you think about Otani being in either a Padres or Dodgers uniform for a Japan series between the two teams?
1: It is too early to to, (laughs) it is too early to tell right now, personally. You know, it's way too early. Last year, when when the whole Soto rumors began to start, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just like the Padres could be in the mix, they could be in the mix. I don't fucking know. It's May. (laughs) If if I if I had to choose, um let's let's be realistic, he's already in LA. Would yeah. make sense to be a Dodger, as much as that pains me to say. Ugh. But it would yeah. make sense. But also it makes sense for him to be a Padre. It makes sense for him to maybe go up into the Giants if he likes that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'd do that. Or or hell, like go to the Mariners or go to any other West Coast team. I sincerely doubt East Coast teams because I feel like Let's be real. His fan base is very much in the West Coast. Uh, like, like I, like I literally said earlier, there was three to one Otani jerseys compared to Trout jerseys. He has a huge following down here, especially at the WBC. Yeah. So I imagine he stays West Coast. Yeah. Whether that's for the Angels, Dodgers, Padres, Las Vegas Athletics, we'll see.
0: <laughs> for me, for me, it's too early. My next question, even though you just said. You you basically feel like it's too early to tell. Um, the Angels are like one or two games out of the wild card right now for the AL. Let's say they make one of those wild cards, and it's just like a one one game thing, and they they get eliminated. Do you think that sways Otani at all to like try to stay with the Angels, or do you think he's he's still gone?
1: Honestly, if they make the playoffs but don't win a series, I think he's still gone. Because I think he needs to. It, it's not a, just a matter of going there, making the playoffs. It's a matter of getting a taste of playoff success.
0: May I remind you, Mike Trout has not won a playoff game. That is a travesty. Yep. <laughs> a lot of baseball fans want him to leave the Angels just so uh, Otani actually gets in the playoffs and gets a, a full series in the playoffs and so on. And it is too early to tell, but I would love to see Otani in brown and yellow yeah i have one last tidbit that is outside of padres news outside of baseball news even and it is an mls news coming out that they are prepping to announce their next expansion team i don't know if it's number 30 or number 31 i think it's number 30 which is crazy because i thought the mls had like 16 teams or something like that (laughs) i don't follow it however um if you're a betting man right now the odds on favorite is san diego um apparently people are suggesting that san diego could be announced and that is uh, a date to be coming up looking at is may 18th i believe they said is when the announcement's coming up so be on the lookout for mls san diego news um, of course, fingers crossed that we get a team. Um, I'm really hopeful that San Diego would get an MLS team. We'll have another summer team to root for. I hope they're not San Diego United FC, but, you know, or something kind of dumb like that. What a I, yeah, yeah. I hope they don't have some weird European name is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I know the minor league soccer team right now is called the San Diego Loyal?
2: Yes. And I kind of I
0: kind of I kind of like that um because then you know you're a fan then you're a loyalist and I think that's kind of cool. It is a little bit of a cheesy name cuz I think people feel like they were only named that name because that team came right after the Chargers left. So it's kind of like a a cheesy name but please don't name it San Diego FC or something. It's really boring. <laughs> but I got to get the team first, of course. How do you feel about that,
1: Omar? I'd be excited, you know. Um, So take it from me, I'm an LA Galaxy fan. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yes, I know, Stinky LA. uh, But, you know, I grew up watching them. Uh, And let's just say right now, our fan base is not happy with the ownership. They're always good.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) They're always good. Okay. Uh, They're historically good. And, you know, right now, our neighbors, LAFC, boring name, are doing very well for themselves. And as much as I want to clown on them good for them honestly especially as an expansion team uh and then obviously you know historically we've had <laughs> all together now, Chivas, usa yeah <laughs> oh god i remember oh that god. Yeah. and then obviously up north we have the san jose earthquakes you know the mls has, definitely has a tradition here in california so to see a hopefully san diego expansion would be very cool i'd be very excited especially if it's like i heard something about peter selder could be involved or hmm. maybe someone from the Padres. I heard something about Manny Machado possibly being involved in that. Really? Well. Okay. I think I did. I had I had to double check my. Don't don't quote me on that. I had to double check that. That'd be uh, really cool. The only thing I, I just wonder is, would they play in Snapdragon Stadium? Obviously, uh, San Diego S- uh, State University. That, stadium. that is what I've heard. That is. What or I've heard. would they try to
0: get their own stadium? That the MLS um, bidding is on, is based on having a team there. And the in the new Snapdragon stadium that is that's what I figure, for you know, San Diego State football. I I don't think they would have gotten a team if they didn't have that already planned out. You know, if they if they were like, oh, we'll get we'll get a stadium in like five years. I don't think the MLS is giving you a team for that anymore. Um, I think Snapdragon is like 30 something thousand. I want to say, which is plenty mm. for the MLS. Yeah, I feel like. Um, I believe it can be
2: expanded even a little bit more. Let me look it up really quick. 35,000, yeah. Mm.
0: Which I think is perfectly fine for the MLS. Um, I don't think the stadium that the LA Galaxy play in, I know it's the famous soccer stadium. Um, I yeah, can't digney's remember the digney's
1: name.
0: Dignity. I can't even say the name. That's how bad. Dignity it is. Dignity Sports Health. Yes. <laughs> Dignity Health Sports Park. Okay. Oh my god! Yeah, it's
1: an awful name. I, w- I wish we were still. I wish we were still Home Depot Center.
0: That, yeah, that that's really why I rolled remember. off the tongue. Amazing. That w- that's Hava. only twenty-seven thousand. Um. So I mean, it's it's actually a little bit bigger one than where your LA Galaxy played, but so I don't think that would be the problem. Um, maybe, uh, hopefully, the amenities are up to it, It's a brand new stadium, so I'm sure the amenities are up to date. But I, I think it's a good enough stadium, hopefully. Um, I hope yeah. they get a team. And, yeah, I, I hope next uh, pod will be able to either clown on the name that they chose or be happy about the ownership group or something. Um, <laughs> um, we'll be, of course, eyeing the Padres and hopefully seeing them get to at least second place in the division. Uh, by the next time we talk, and hopefully have some good news to talk about in the upcoming Dodgers-Padres series. Is there anything else you'd like to cover, Omar? <clears throat> Go Padres! Go Padres, indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Faraway Friars podcast. Whether you're San Diego at home, or San Diego at heart, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And see you all soon!